are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, March 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, that's at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and subscribe to the podcast. Go leave re- go leave me a review if you want. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio.com. You can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Last night, oof, a big, big win for the Chicago Blackhawks. They defeated the Florida Panthers 3-2 at the United Center, their first game back in Chicago following a six-game road trip in which they went 1-5 and came away with just two points. So, a much-needed victory for the Hawks last night, to say the least, moving their record up to 15-13-5 with 35 points through the first 33 games of the 2021 regular season. Last night's win snapped a four-game losing skid for the Hawks, and they were also losers in six of their last seven heading into Tuesday night. So, a big one in many different ways here for the Chicago Blackhawks. And what I was really impressed with the most was just their effort overall right out of the gate last night against a Panthers team that they had not found much success against so far this season. They were 0-3-1 in the four prior meetings, but against a really good Florida club last night, the Blackhawks were the better team from the opening faceoff throughout the majority of the game. Really, one of their better efforts in 2021. And I'm glad that it occurred in celebration for Patrick Kane's 1,000th NHL game back on home ice, which originally the game itself should have came at home had it not been for a schedule change earlier on in the year. That forced the game to occur to Dallas, and the Hawks wound up getting smoked, unfortunately. Um, But with the ceremony and everything finally taking place back at the UC, Kane, he had some some of his family there in attendance. He was seen on the ice with his son and his girlfriend throughout the ceremony. So just a real cool cool moment there. It was very well done by the organization per usual. Uh, But what was even better was how they responded on the ice for number 88 with a full 60-minute effort. That's been... A struggle for this team lately, and I know that that phrase, a full 60-minute effort, it can get cliche, but it really does matter, especially with such a young team, and I thought, you know, the Hawks, they did that to a T last night, they gave a full, complete 60-minute effort, and that was one of the main reasons why they came away with a victory. Another quick thing I want to talk about before getting into the game recap and everything was the lineup that the Blackhawks went with last night. I talked 
uh, a little bit about my thoughts on what it would look like before the morning skate yesterday when I dropped yesterday's episode, so I kind of had to take a little bit of a stab at it. Um, but first, I wanted to, to mention that Ian Mitchell, he did not wind up being a scratch, even though I talked about how he was skating with the scratch group after practice on Monday. He did wind up playing last night, and with him being in the lineup, even though it was the same six guys back there on defense for the Hawks, the defensive pairings took quite a shift. The top pairing was Nikita Zadorov and Connor Murphy. The second pairing was Duncan Keith and Ian Mitchell, and then the third pairing was... Calvin DeHaan, and Adam Boquist. And those pairings, hey, I, I thought for the first time together in a while, I thought they worked very well for the most part. Um, especially Zadorov and Murphy. Both were a plus two out there for both of the Blackhawks goals at even strength. And I also thought they did a good job at being physical in the defensive zone, and that helped them play a, a clean game in their own zone for the most part. Murphy, I thought, had one of his better efforts for maybe the entire year even. He was that good. Uh, also, both he and Zadorov picked up an assist in the game last night, so um, their success together, I thought that was a big part of the Blackhawks' victory. And I actually saw uh, someone tweeted out these numbers, but this year... Both Zadorov and Murphy, they have their best possession numbers when they're paired together rather than, than being with anyone else together. Both of them do. So um, that might be a pairing head coach Jeremy Calliton may want to stick with going forward because those two, they have been pretty solid when playing together. I know it's been uh, a small window, but those two, by a wide margin, have their best possession numbers when they're on the ice with each other. So Jeremy Colleton may want to pay attention to that and may want to continue having Nikita Zadorov and Connor Murphy paired together on the back end for the Chicago Blackhawks. Also, for the forwards, as expected, Lucas Walmark and Matthew Highmore were both scratched, but instead of one of Brandon Peary, Michael Hackerinen or John Quenville being slotted into the lineup like I talked about early on in yesterday's episode. In the morning before the Blackhawks practiced, those guys, all three of them, were actually sent back down to the Rockford Icehogs while all four young defensemen that I mentioned, Lucas Carlson, Nicholas Bodan, Wyatt Kalanuck, and Madison Bowie, along with forwards Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwistle were recalled from the Rockford Icehogs, and it was Entwistle who slotted into the lineup to make his NHL debut for the Blackhawks last night, becoming the seventh player to make their debut for Chicago this season. Entwistle played on the fourth line along with Carl Soderberg and Philip Kurashev, and he made his presence known out there. He racked up uh, three hits and a pair of shots on goal in just under seven minutes of time on ice. I get it's a close game, Jeremy, but why even play the guy if he's only going to be getting six minutes and change out there? You know, you can't really get a guy going in that short amount of time. Uh, hoping that Entwistle will... Get some more looks for the Hawks in the future, but it's not going to be that easy with the logjam of he, Johnson, Walmark, and Highmore in the Blackhawks' bottom six forward group. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there are my first thoughts on the Blackhawks' 3-2 victory over the Panthers last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to give a full recap of the game and talk about how Kevin Lankinen regained control of the goaltending battle with last night's victory. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. 
Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. One reason to maintain and repair your cars is to save money that you can use for other things you need like, you know, your mortgage, rent, or for food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships, they're terrible. They have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices, they're the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, as I said, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, I just finished up sharing my quick thoughts on the Blackhawks lineup changes last night. Moving on now, I want to be sure to go over the game and give a little recap of how the Hawks came away with the 3-2 victory. First and foremost, just the effort level. It was there all night long, from the opening faceoff all the way down to the final seconds of the game. The heart and the hustle, it was there. It was on full display last night, and I really do think that was a huge factor in being able to to try and turn things around and get back to our winning ways after losing six out of the last seven. And early on in the game, that, that hustle and hard work, it paid off. The Hawks, they struck first as Dominic Kubalik, he corralled a perfect pass from Brandon Hagel in transition, and he beat Chris Drieger five-hole. Drieger got the start last night, by the way, over Sergei Bobrovsky, but Kubalik beat him five-hole just six minutes in to put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. Kubalik's 11th goal of the season extended his point streak to six games. He's been red hot as of late, and Kubalik also now has points in 11 of his last 14, so a pretty good run here recently for number eight on the Blackhawks, giving him now 26 points in 33 games on the year for the second year Czech winger. And then later on in the first period with the Hawks still pushing hard, we saw Patrick Kane win a board battle down low, moves the puck back to Big Z, Nikita Zadorov up at the point, and then Zadorov just flicks a shot on net and Pius Suter redirects it past Drieger to extend the Blackhawks' lead to 2-0. That was Suter's ninth goal of the season, which ranks second among NHL rookies behind only Kapril, 
Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild, who's just been on a tear lately for Minnesota. Uh, it's been a little bit of a cold stretch recently for Pia Suter. I talked about that in yesterday's episode, and because of his recent struggles, I was wanting to see Dylan Strom in between Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane on that top line. I thought that was something that Colleton was going to go with last night, but he did wind up leaving Suter up there with the big guns, and hey, that decision paid off early for Chicago. That's why that's why Colleton's making the big bucks, but uh, the big bucks from behind the bench. Uh, and also, even though Dylan Strome didn't record a point in this one, he had a great game on the third line wing with Matthias Janmark and Ryan Carpenter. That line could have easily had two or three goals generated in this one, so wouldn't expect Colleton to break up either of those two lines for Thursday's game after much success together last night. So, 2 to nothing Blackhawks after 40 minutes of play. Felt pretty good about it, but knowing, uh, knowing all of their blown leads recently, I mean, in their previous six games scoring first, the record was 1-4-1, and one, not good at all. So, no, knowing all of that uh, made the 2-0 lead feel far from safe. But fortunately, out of the first intermission, the Blackhawks, they kept their foot on the gas, they didn't let up the pressure at all, and they managed to extend their lead to 3-0 with a power play goal from Carl Soderberg, Patrick Kane with... Just a ridiculous pass to give Soderberg a tap-in backdoor. His sixth goal of the year. Kane with a two-point night. it with a secondary assist. And things were clicking early on for this team. Back at the United Center, finally finding ways to put the puck in the back of the net. That's been a struggle for this group recently. Only 13 goals in their last six games. Not good enough, especially when playing against some of the top teams in this division, like the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just a couple minutes after taking a 3-0 lead, though, Florida found the back of the net for the first time. They cut into the deficit, making it 3-1, a goal from Anton Strawman. The Hawks, they failed to get the puck out of their own zone, and then Noel Achari made just a real nice play to sneak the puck between the legs of Ian Mitchell and find Strawman backdoor for the wide-open net. No chance there for Kevin Lankin, and can't blame him on that one. And just like that, Blackhawks fans all over the, uh, the city of Chicago and all over the world watching started to get a little bit uncomfortable knowing how their team has fared with leads in the second period lately. And also the Panthers, by the way, one of the best, probably the best in the NHL and coming from behind in 20, uh, they have 20 wins on the season heading into Tuesday. The Florida Panthers did in 12 of them. They came back from behind to win. A team that plays just very well with desperation. But what I really liked was how the Hawks, they didn't let any momentum swing in Florida's favor, and they didn't let them respond for another quick goal. That's really been killing the Blackhawks recently. It's like when it rains, it pours for the opposition. One goal goes in, and then all of a sudden, the floodgates open, the second and third goal comes, and all of a sudden, you know... The, the goals, they start to rack up on the scoreboard, but that didn't happen last night. And again, that full 60-minute effort really paid dividends throughout the course of this game. And then in the third period with the Hawks clinging on to the lead, it was 
really the Kevin Lankinen show. Lanky wasn't tested all that often through the first two periods, but down the stretch, my oh my, was he good to keep the Hawks ahead. A couple of acrobatic stops flailing all over the place. Dominic Hasek-esque. He was doing whatever... Whatever it took to get the job done, uh, Wenberg was able to find the back of the net to make things interesting. With just a few minutes remaining, he cut it to 3-2. to two. But in the final moments, Lankinen came up big. Also got to give credit to Connor Murphy for a huge shot block in the dwindling seconds to help out his goaltender. And it was a big one for the Blackhawks and also for Lankinen. He had not been... His normal self as of late really had come back down to earth after a scorching start to his NHL NHL career. And with some questions, you know, starting to pop up again about the Blackhawks goaltender battle, Lankinen shut that talk down real quick last night and came away with a 33-save victory to get the job done for Chicago. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is my recap of the Blackhawks' 3-2 win last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about some other quick takeaways from last night's game and what to expect with the NHL trade deadline approaching in just a couple weeks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market that we have been telling you about for some time now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-fiber protein bar that is made out of 100% chocolate. And right now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar Madness, a full-on bracket with each and every Built Bar flavor to find out which one is the best. So be sure to check it out by going to BuiltBar.com or you can check it out by going to Built Bar on Twitter. That's Built underscore Bar. And don't forget about our exclusive promo code, which is LOCKED15, one word, LOCKED, capital L, and then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. I also need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and for college basketball, it's the best time of the year. March Madness is upon us. The the Sweet 16 kicks off on Saturday. And for those interested in other things aside from sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis to keep you ahead of the competition. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I just got done sharing my recap of the Blackhawks 3-2 win over the Florida Panthers last night. Now, before I wrap up the episode, I wanted to quickly talk about some other takeaways from last night's game and also some thoughts on the Hawks' roster breakdown with the trade deadline approaching. So, first, one thing I wanted to talk about was the success at the faceoff dot by the Blackhawks last night. It's been rare this season. They currently rank 28th in the NHL at... 46.6% as a team, not very good. But last night, they were uh, they were the team that was ahead at the faceoff dot for most of the night. They wound up winning 50% of the faceoffs. I know that's only going even, but against the Panthers this year, it had been really ugly at the dot for the Hawks, sometimes going under 40% for the game. So definitely want to be sure to give credit to the team for shoring up that department a little bit. I know it helps when a guy like Sasha Barkov didn't suit up for the Panthers last night. He's been dealing with an injury, apparently. Um, but for the Blackhawks, they still had to go out there and win draws, and, th- and that's what they did. Credit to a guy like Ryan Carpenter. He went 8 of 9 at the faceoff dot last night, and also to Dylan Strome for going 6 of 9. That third line, I guess, technically they went, uh, what's that, 14 of 18? for last in last night's game pretty good uh, I don't think Strom was being used fully at center but sometimes you know just taking some of the draws uh, on his strong side as a lefty with Carpenter being a righty which does make sense but I, either way those two they were getting the job done for the Hawks last night at the dot and I think doing that and which translates to playing with the puck more often is one way that the struggling offense can can generate a little bit more as a team. Another quick thing I wanted to mention was the physicality and toughness displayed by the defense in the defensive zone last night. Big Z, he was credited with a team-high six hits in 17 minutes of play. I also mentioned earlier he was plus two and on the ice for both the Blackhawks' goals at even strength and uh, wasn't on there for any goals against. Also, Calvin DeHaan, he had four hits and two shot blocks. Connor Murphy had three hits and three blocks in 24 minutes. So the defense, they played with kind of a, a chip on their shoulder for most of the night, and it was very noticeable, especially after a series against the Tampa Bay Lightning where, to me, it just looked like they lacked a bit of a competitive edge. Tampa Bay was kind of, you know... I don't want to call them dirty or anything, but some questionable hits going on in that series, and the Blackhawks really didn't respond to the physicality, but that didn't seem to be the case at all last night, so credit to those D-men for stepping up and playing uh, a more rugged style of play in the defensive zone. I think that's something that definitely needs to happen more often for this team to be successful. Also, Really quick, want to talk about the roster makeup of the Hawks right now with the trade deadline coming up. Mostly the situation that's going on in the bottom six forward group because Matthias Janmark, Carl Soderberg, and Lucas Walmark, they all are on one-year deals with the Blackhawks right now. And with these young kids like Reese Johnson, Mackenzie Ant Whistle, and, you know, even more 
trying to come up from Rockford. And you got to remember, Kirby Doc will probably be uh, be back in the lineup at some point. Um, it's looking like sometime in the month of April, probably. So knowing all of that, there a hundred percent is not room for all three of those guys right now. And to me, first thing is that Lucas Walmark, he has to be dealt. I don't even know why he's still on this team at this point. There was never any room for him in the first place. Even with a ton of, ton of guys out with injury right now, he's still not finding a place in the lineup consistently. So to me, Walmark has to be gone. And then the tough part is deciding what to do with Soderberg and Yanmark, both of which have been quietly solid additions by general manager Stan Bowman this offseason. I think uh, Soderberg first, you know, just being 35 years old, I know that he's been productive on both sides of the puck, but with his age, I just, I think he has to go. He can't be taking up a spot on the roster over a young kid, maybe for the rest of this year, but not for years to come. And when that's when that's the case, you, you probably just want to deal them and get anything you can in return, even if it's a middle-round draft pick. So I do think the Blackhawks will decide to part ways with Carl Soderberg. As for Yanmark, though, he's kind of in that tough limbo. I mean, he's only 28, and he's got a lot of speed, showing that he has more to his offensive game than he's gotten credit for in the past. I personally do think that Yanmark could be a part of this future group going forward, but he's going to be on the fence, I think, for Chicago at the deadline. I think if they get a good enough deal, you probably can't pass that up, but if nothing out there is too enticing or just not what you want in return, I don't think the front office would lose any sleep over not being able to move a guy like Yans, who right now, he's kind of a good tweener for this club. He's not quite young enough to be solidified in that next wave of core players, but also a guy who's good enough right now to be be producing for the club and helping this team get some wins. So regardless of what happens, though, seems like the Blackhawks could be in for a couple of moves before the NHL trade deadline hits on April 12th, which is now less than three weeks away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, March 24th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is past the midway point, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, that's at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, 
Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.